the XXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXXX
um, approach in, in the sense that pitches are assigned to certain keys and it's, it's not a tunable instrument um, as it's being played, so it's very fixed relationship to sound and input. Um, and then when I started playing with Oregon more, um, this, the world kind of opened up a little bit because you can play with sonics a lot more while still inputting through your keyboard. So it's kind of like a synthesizer 1.0 <laughs> in some ways. And um, I think maybe from that point on, I, I started getting interested in electroacoustics. And, but I still think in terms of... Um, I, I try to escape it all the time, but I still think about this like keyboard input when I think of melodies and you know ascending sounds and descending sounds in terms of frequency. I still see left to right black and white keyboards. So I think there's like tools are so important in in terms of um, shaping your musical understanding and like your vocabulary. Um, I think about musicians who who began with you know just a mixer and a few knobs and and what freedoms and restrictions that allows for. Um, so yeah, it's something I'm very aware of. I guess this um, this bias that we all have, um, but. In terms of how I can be active about like changing that, I guess you can just kind of like turn off one section. You can be like, okay, I'm not a keyboardist today. <laughs> and then, um, and then different musical results come from that. So I think it's super important to be aware of whatever instruments or tools you are um, permitting to manipulate your character at the time. But it's like, at the bottom line, it's just inextricable. Like, it's so important. I think it should be talked about more, <laughs> tools and music. Totally. Does that, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, 100%. Also, yeah. I, it's, I'm really interested by you because um, I find so many people are kind of purists in, their, in terms of their tools and their medium, right? Like, either people mm -hmm. that really stick to to analog and they're like that's the way to go or as you say they've just come into it from kind of a strictly um, electronic perspective and I I wonder what you think can kind of be gained in the breaking down of this binary um well it opens new worlds um I mean piano music um, for instance, um, it's, it's such a wide bracket of people enjoy piano music. Um, such a wide bracket of people enjoy um, ambient experimental music. Uh, they're not necessarily exclusive, but it just allows you to be a little more transient, I think. Um, in um, exploring different um, resonances and different cultures. Um, it's like I just bought a pair of back basketball shoes a few months ago 
and it's my first pair of basketball shoes. And like, I've noticed that a totally different group of people talks to me since I started wearing basketball <laughs> shoes. It's amazing. <laughs> so like, it's that kind of idea, you know, like just trying to reach out to different people and, and like understand different, um, I don't know, sentiments and like ways of being. It's just a curiosity, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I love that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I guess, do you consider the voice like the way you would any other instrument? And what interests you at the intersection of data, technology, and voice? Mm-hmm. Well, the voice is, um, I sang in choirs for many years because I have an Estonian background. And so for Estonians, the voice is probably the first instrument um choral culture is is um huge there every every four years there's a song festival where there's 30,000 people singing in the same choir and that's a large percentage of the population considering it's only just a million over a million total in the country and actually attending this this choir festival is over 100,000 in, in a weekend. So yeah, that's 10% of the population <laughs> attending a choir festival. That's insane. And so, yeah, it's craziness. And so I sang in this choir and I've attended the festival many times. And it's this um, really powerful connecting experience. But beyond that, I guess I have that kind of choral background, but in terms of in my solo, like earlier solo work, I was interested in it because I was also exploring this idea of like mimetic technologies and um, this is kind of like more my academic um, line of work, but it's um, this idea of replicating our surroundings musically and there's also this disjunct <clears throat> historically that occurs over time um, where what is real and what is not real is kind of like renegotiated. Um, like for instance, um, like when I first got my my first modeling keyboard, so it, it, it uh, synthetically modeled the sound of a piano I was like, oh man, this sounds like way better than my than my like real piano. I don't need this. I don't need my old piano anymore. <laughs> it was like rendered redundant and it was like so portable and awesome. But then like seven years later, I now listen to it and I'm like, what the hell? Like it's so we have this this like desire to kind of um, validate our digital and like fabricated surroundings. Um, sometimes to our detriment and then when I was um, I thought the voice is kind of the most something I started to see become extinct the more and more online we became and the more text-based we became and I mean, everyone experiences this like how alarming sometimes a phone call can be 
<laughs> which never used to be the case. Um, and also this disjunct between like, you know, yelling online and not actually yelling. So like, I don't know this, there's something that has to do with the voice there in between this like, something is lost in that um, as we like kind of cross over to this new medium. And so the voice is in between, and that's why I kind of started focusing on it so much as, as to see what sonically is, is um, what can be archived there. Cool. Yeah. And so you made a, uh, A480 is just an entire album, kind of, uh, from my understanding, all made from vocal samples, correct? Yes. And so how do you... Um, like, what did you learn from that process? And did you use any of your own voice? Or do you ever use any of your own voice? Sometimes I do now, but A480 did not use any of my own voice. That time was kind of about um, sourcing unknown voices online. So I think it was more about, well, it's equally about the sourcing process as it is about the anonymity of those voices. Because... This is kind of a problem and also a symptom of um, delocalized um, sourcing of sonic that is going on all over in music production. You can just acquire a sample library, drag it into your DAW, and like that all of a sudden becomes your music. And also the degree of like ready-made um, ready-made sonics that are kind of free and up for anyone to use that literally can have you have an album ready in like three days so it's kind of like in 2014 that wasn't it was kind of right before that time where this really started to explode um but i wanted it to really elucidate this idea of like sample libraries and so many many people like actually that sample library was recorded in Los Angeles and I don't know if you guys know what a sample library really is I don't know if it's like understood broadly but it's basically um, like a library of sounds that anyone can use so this was recorded in Los Angeles and there was like 200 people involved in the project. But then it just becomes a zip file that anyone can pirate online. And so, um, and then this is like corporate name is kind of slapped onto the library, like, you know, like Renaissance Choir or something. And then all of these individual participants, like I became obsessed with who they were, like, like this mother in LA like who has three kids like <laughs> is one of the singers and probably is in like 2000 albums now that she has no idea about um, because of this kind of like seed that she just was paid for in a in like probably I don't know a $50 recording session and now she's like her voice is in all of these albums all over the world. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That's so fascinating. Yeah. And so like 
I think it, it it's kind of this weird internet phenomena um, but it's not unlike almost like sperm donor technology oh, really. totally I was gonna say mm-hmm. like stock like stock photo model yeah or then, like, like you don't culture. know what advertising you're ever going to end up in, but yeah. Yes. So I was interested in that. And instead of just like using those sounds, uh, I wanted to talk about that, <laughs> that like that process that was happening, kind of problematize it a bit. But uh, but using it at the same time, but also kind of problematizing it. This is yes. yeah, this is interesting. And I, yeah, it, but it's like you, they don't really don't sound like voices when you when you listen to it. It's like, well, that's it. Like I manipulated them to such a degree that they become my voices in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like I rewrite them. Um, but. It's not necessarily often the case. So your uh, most recent release, release Graphs, um, which we're listening to in the background, is just mm-hmm. like cascading, kind of meditative or mildly psychedelic 22-minute uh, experience. Can you maybe speak a little bit uh, to your process of making this and where you sourced your sounds for this one? Sure. Um, this work, um, I'm trying to think of when I started making it, probably around 2015 or 2016, and it doesn't use any sample libraries at all. It's all using instruments from my studio or um, other studios I visited. Um, but there's like organ and unicorda and some FM synthesis from my Ensonic. Uh, but mostly I think the sounds really come from the post-production treatment. So I have this really like back and forth process of, of playing a line and then, um, really sitting with it for a long time and splitting it up several times, relayering it. So it kind of is like a built up anew again. Um, but I guess it kind of uses the same, in, in parts, the same layering idea as like A480, for instance. Um, it kind of follows in the same steady world. Um, some repetition and kind of this focus on sound rather than arrangement. But yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So you, you made your, like it's still electric acoustic and the the process is kind of similar, but this, in this case you recorded your own sounds. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, A480 was almost exclusively without me playing. Um, Actually, no, that's not true. I think I mapped A480 to a keyboard and played things out and then processed them. But graph, um, there was no mapping involved because the sounds came directly from pre-established instruments. So, 
Yeah, there's like maybe a little, like one more degree of immediacy in grass. Like you can almost, you can recognize that there's some sort of, like the, the beginning, for instance, there's like an organ kind of sound. Um, yeah, we only have like a few minutes left, but we do want to ask yeah. you this uh, nice question. It's like, do you find that gender plays a role in the way that you interact with technology or how others interact with you as a technologically sound, informed individual? Absolutely. I think that people all the time are kind of like looping me in with other female um, electronic musicians. Not everybody, but there is a tendency. Um, like once in a while, I'll just be like, oh, four names that just happen to be women or something like grouped in together. Um, but not always the case. Um, I get a lot of people asking questions about it all the time um, in a way that I used to resent because I thought that it was stealing real estate from like things I was actually interested in. <laughs> but then I, <laughs> but then as I started to tour more and um, I became more interested in talking about it because um, of some negative experiences. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I, I just wish that more people would listen to music rather than read about it <laughs> or mm -hmm. look at photos about it. Um, I think that would help a lot. Yeah. If people would just kind of take it as, as at face value. Yeah, exactly. And um, do you think that you maybe like your experience as a, like, like, yeah, your experiences kind of um, alter the way that you interact with sound? Um, this was a debate I had with this musician or sorry, a journalist who was asking me these questions. And I said, I don't want to talk about being a woman because I don't think it has anything to do with my music. And he's like, well, it does have everything to do with your music. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, does it though? I don't, I'm not sure that I don't think I compose consciously with the idea that I'm a woman or it's not like firstly a feminine expression. Um, whereas some artists, they, you know, that's at the forefront of their work um, explicitly as like an intended discourse. Mm -hmm. um, maybe like it's something like graph that was much more of a personal work than anything I'd really put out. Um, so maybe there is something there, um, but um, I think it's very situational, like, and I think that reflects life too. Like every day we're not like this, every day a woman is not like this fancy woman, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not fancy woman, but like feminine creature or like, we're very, um, we're highly diverse. I, I believe that, like, I don't think that there's one narrative for every person. Um, 
that i mean yeah. I, I think i think that also kind of speaks to how like you are a very very diverse obviously as a musician you do kind of like composing you work on a number of uh different through a number of different mediums and never different collaborations and projects so i think that mm -hmm. that's really fair to not not want to be pinholed yeah i'm not sure if it's kind of like some sort of psychological um unwillingness to yeah like be figured out or something or whether it's more innate oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i don't know it's um well, it's, I don't, it's I working don't for you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I mean... Hmm. Well, this I don't know is, what to say. <laughs> that's okay. This is all the time we have. Uh, no, it's okay. really thoughtful, and we really appreciate you taking the time to talk about your work with us. Uh, and, um, <laughs> Thanks for having me. This was uh, Carolise Coverdale. Uh, check her out. You. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Yes, thanks for having yeah. me. Good to talk Hope to you. Hope we'll talk to you soon and know what's next for you. <laughs> Sounds great. Great. Okay, have a good day. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye.